Hi, everybody. Hi to everybody online. Ah, it's so good to worship Jesus together, isn't it? Yes, well, four of us agree. I'm sure the rest of you are good. Do, do agree. You're just kind of excited about it on the inside, which is fine. God looks on the inside, not on the outside anyway, so you're good. Um, before I get into my message, just uh, a couple of things I want to just say. It's so good to be together. Um, we are, we're excited about next week. I believe it is October the 4th, which is next Sunday. We're actually going to be starting our in-person 11.15 service as well. So um, we're going to give you some choice between the 9.15 and the 11.15. If you're at home and you just felt like getting up at 9.15 was just too difficult, but you've been wanting to come back, this is your chance. Um, and so we'll be excited to welcome you and host you next week. Um, I hope I've got that right. I've been away on vacation, so I'm sort of a bit nervous about making an announcement about something that um, maybe I haven't caught up with my team about. But I think that's what our team about. I think that's what's happening. And, um, you know, I want to say to everybody that's watching online, I also want to say, you know, we, we, we love the fact that you're tuning in online. Um, you know, being online, being at home for whatever reason it might be, and I know there's a variety of reasons why you might be uh, staying at home, and we want to say we honour you for that. Um, you know, coming here on a Sunday is not the pinnacle of Christianity. Is it? No, it's not. Um, in fact, um, as just as we've been you know, talking about, hearing about embrace, it's living our lives with Jesus on display. It's living our lives with faith and hope uh, and an expectation of sharing his goodness and his love everywhere we go. And, and then not just the expectation, but actually doing that, you know. And we have a great value uh, on gathering on a Sunday. You know, we, we see in the, Old, in the New Testament when the Holy Spirit fell and acts, you know, it says of the, um, the, the believers that they met in the temple every day. So, you know, coming to church once a week doesn't seem quite as bad as meeting in the temple every day. Bad, good. I don't know why I'd say it was bad. It would be good. Um, but also it says that they met from house to house um, and gave, you know, broke bread together and, and had fellowship together. And, and, you know, for us, meeting on a Sunday is not the pinnacle of everything. Um, but we do, we do have a great value on gathering midweek in our connect groups, which are our small groups that are around the city. And so if you're not part of a connect group at the moment, if, you know, we've just started up um, a new round of connect groups. Uh, if you're not part of a connect group in this season, we really want to encourage you to, to get plugged into a connect group because it's a place where you can... Uh, receive love, you can build relationships, you can have your needs met, you can get trained, you can get equipped, you can, you can do community and life together, you can be discipled and you can grow in God in a way that you really couldn't do if you were just here on a Sunday. So uh, I want to just really commend to you um, connect groups. So we have a lot of them online. So if you are um, looking, you know, still not comfortable for whatever reason of, of coming, we have a number of them online which you can uh, sign up for on our website. So please, please, please sign up for a connect group. It is um, just a great place to grow in God and to meet others. And if there isn't a connect group that meets your needs, well, then maybe God's calling you to start one. Am I right, Rochelle? Yeah. If there's not a connect group in your area and you have to do a little bit of a drive, well, maybe God's saying to you, hey, um, why don't you step out and start a connect group yourself? You know, I'm thinking of some of you that maybe live a little further out of town. 
Um, anyway, no pressure for that. But, you know, we're, we all have a destiny to fulfill, don't we? We all have a calling in God. We all have a sense of, uh, of a purpose. Uh, one of my favourite scriptures um, that I've shared on re- really on a regular basis um, is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I love how the Good News translation says, God has made us who we are, who we are in, in our union with Him. Uh, we, he has created us for good works to do that He's prepared in advance for us to do. And so God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. Part of that plan is actually not to hold on to what we've got, but to give it away. That's what I love about the testimony about Embrace Durham uh, and what they're doing is they're, they're giving the love of God away. But it's not just uh, necessarily out on the streets. It can be in your place of work, loving people. The Bible says that we're to live a quiet and peaceful life, a godly life, ready to give an account, ready in season and out of season to give an account for the hope that we have. So our faith is on display all of the time. Um, it, it's also for us to... Um, to actually disciple and lead other people. And we're gonna spend some time uh, coming up in the near future talking about a bit more about discipleship as the Lord's kind of putting it into our hearts. But it's for each one of us, we have something, a destiny and a calling, something that God's doing in our lives that is good uh, to be able to release that and give that away to other people and to lead them into their, their breakthrough, into the same experiences that you've been experiencing in God. There's nobody here in this room unless you don't know Jesus yet. Anybody that knows Jesus, you're in a position, you've be received something to, to give it away to disciple other people, right? So I love the songs we we're singing this morning, you know, your love never fails. How we've been singing about His faithfulness, that God is faithful and true, that He always does what He says He's going to do. I love that picture in Revelation chapter 19 where, where John, the revelator, he's, he sees the... Um, the a, white, a rider on a white horse and the rider on the white horse is Jesus and his name is the Word of God and it says that he is called faithful and true. It's not just, who he, it's not just what he does to be faithful and true, but it is who he is. He is faithful and true. He so manifests that purity, so manifests that faithfulness, so manifests that truth that he's not just, he doesn't come to just speak the truth. He doesn't come to, to manifest that faithfulness. He actually is that way. It's his very character and his very nature. It's the essence of his being. You can't separate who God is from what he does. And you can't separate what he does from who he is because it's a unity of being and action together. And so when we're singing about He's faithful, that's the truth of who He is, His very nature, His very goodness on display. And this morning, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk a little bit about the fact that He is the God of the impossible. And I love the fact that we've already had testimonies of that because we've heard about a brain aneurysm that was completely healed. It's amazing. It's glorious. It's beautiful. All glory to God. It's through faith, the Bible says, it's through faith in Jesus' name that people are healed. It's not that the people that were there, that, that were, were sort of extra specially anointed, although they are extra specially anointed, well they, well, they have the Holy Spirit. So that gives extra special anointing for all of us. But it's, that it's through faith in Jesus' name. It's through faith in the God of the impossible that those miracles are worked through. God is the God of the impossible. I love that. 
Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus is talking to a rich young man, the rich ruler. Duncan preached on this a few weeks ago. And, um, and you know, the ruler comes to him and it's actually, in, but the story is found in Matthew, in Mark and in Luke. And the, the ruler comes to him and he, he wants to be a disciple of Jesus and Jesus or wants to um, have eternal life. And Jesus says, um, you have to give everything, give all of your possessions. It, clearly noting for him, that individual, that he had too much emphasis placed on his own inheritance and his own wealth. And then the disciple, Jesus goes on to say how hard it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were you know, thinking, they said to him out loud, wow, then who can be saved? And this is what Jesus responds. He says this, with, in Matthew 19, verse 26, he says this, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. In Luke 18, 27, the same story, what's recorded is this, what is impossible with man is possible with God. In Mark chapter, um, Mark chapter 10, verse 27, it says this, all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. What is impossible with us from a human point of view is possible with God. We live in the realm regularly of impossibility. We live in a society where we've got actually impossible things happening at the moment. Such a sense of racial uh, uh, injustice that's happening. Even in the news, you know, just regularly news of, in, of injustice, of racism, we live in a place of a political divide where it seems like we're getting further and further apart from each other based on a political persuasion. We live in the place of, uh, of greater economic divide where the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. We live in a place of great, a great need as a society, right? We're coming into an election that is just, I mean, it already is crazy intense. And we, there's a bunch of things that you can look at in, in our lives. Maybe it's not even at the big level of the, of the, uh, of the impossible of the elections, but maybe it's in the, in the, in the day-to-day -day of I'm at home and I have to work and I have three toddlers and I don't know how I'm going to do work and look after my toddlers. Maybe it's in that place of, I, I, I'm, I'm stuck at home, I, I can't go out for health reasons or whatever, and I feel like I'm just boxed in and I, and I feel stuck in an impossible position. Maybe we're in a place where we've got some relational breakdowns and we, we're having some difficulties with, a, uh, with a, a coworker or a boss or a family member where it feels like there's an intractable position and a, and a wedge that's between us that, that feels like we're never gonna get any breakthrough doesn't have to be impossible, doesn't actually have to be the massive things where we're, you know, you know, we're, we're looking for healing or we're looking for um, you know, the, the nation to be saved. It can be as simple as not having enough money to pay rent next week. It can be really, you know, it can be so personal. In fact, our impossible changes every day. What we think we're capable of, what, what we need God to do, there are moments where we feel like, yeah, we've got this. There are other moments where we feel there's no way we can get any breakthrough. Hello, beautiful girl. <laughs> and there's moments where we, where we feel like we need breakthrough, but we can't get breakthrough. And we're aware of all the impossibilities in our lives. We're aware of the reality of of our lack. We're aware of the reality of our smallness. We're aware of the reality of, of just weaknesses that we have. Maybe we're living with a sickness and we're waiting for God to bring healing. 
and we hear those testimonies of what happened with a lady with a brain aneurysm uh, or uh, other things and we think, ah oh, man, if only that would be for me. But we're waiting for that moment. We're in, the, we're in this in-between of this challenge of faith where we know God is a healer. We know He's faithful. We know He's true. But impossible looks like that breakthrough for us because we've been waiting for a while. Maybe it's, we know, we, you know, there's a loved one that doesn't know Jesus, that we've got prodigals, a prodigal at home or, you know, in our family that we're waiting for God to get rescue and it, and it feels like it's impossible. And one day we might feel like we've got faith and the next day it feels like, and, or they're moving forward towards it and the next day it feels like we're a long way away or they've stepped away even further. As I said, maybe we're getting through another day of homeschool or online school. Am I right? Those of you who are in high school, we've got a high school student at home and sometimes I, would, I think I can see it in her eyes. It's like getting through this day feels impossible. And not another moment of sitting in front of a Zoom meeting trying to do online homework or schoolwork with a group of people that don't want to say anything. You know those beautiful moments where your teacher lets you go into a breakout room and you think, hey, breakout room, that sounds like an amazing thing. And you get into the breakout room on Zoom or Google Classroom or whatever, and it's like pulling teeth. Listen, anyone got any thoughts to say? Crickets. Maybe you're looking for a new job. Maybe you're a college student and you're looking at life beyond graduation. You're in your senior year, junior year, whatever it might be, and you're looking at what is going to happen in, in the future. What's my life going to turn out like? How, what am I going to do when I graduate? And you're thinking and you're not sure what to do and it feels absolutely impossible to think through how am I going to get, what's, what's, what's going to happen with my life? Where am I going to go? What does my future hold? Maybe you're looking for opportunities to see what has God got for you next? You've been waiting, a sense, a growing sense of you know in your heart there's a shift coming, but, there's, but that shift not, has not happened yet and you're waiting for that moment and you're thinking, this feels like it's impossible. Maybe there's some sin in your own life that you've been struggling with, some, some things that you feel like you've got some, a breakthrough for, but then it comes back again and you think, man, this feels like it's impossible to break through. There's destiny, there's calling, there's things that God's given us and it's, it feels impossible. I like uh, my friend, our friend Erica James, who is one of our board members here. She says this in one of her books. Uh, she was kind enough to, to give me to read. And she says this. She says that impossible is the realm just outside our faith. It's the realm where God dwells. And so we can look at our impossibility and we can think, ah, I don't know if I'm, this is ever going to happen. We can let the pressure of the impossible, which again can change every day, we can let that pressure come upon us and we can experience that and we can get crushed by it or we can step into the reality that this is the realm of the Holy Spirit. This is the realm where God moves. My impossible is the place for God to move in power. I love that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul, you know, he's talking about the thorn that he has in his flesh. And he says he prays to the Lord three times for this, for this to go, for whatever this thorn of the flesh is. We don't even know what it is, right? People have that different ideas, but we don't really know what it is. And he prays three times and says, Lord, would you, let, would you take it from me? But Jesus says to him this, he says, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness. I want to take a moment for this, to have a look at this for a minute. It's not that your power overcomes weakness. It's not that your power removes weakness. It is your power is found in weakness. 
In other words, where, where our weakness is, is the moment that God's strength and God's power, God's impossible, God's, sorry, I should say God's possibility meets our impossibility. You know, God's strength will never compete with our own strength. Christ's strength will not associate, it, associate himself with our strength, with the strength of man, will not depend upon it in any way whatsoever. You know, the Lord has more weakness of our, more need of our weakness than our strength. Let me say that again. The Lord has more need of our weakness than our strength. Our strength can be his rival. Our weakness can be his servant. The impossible in our lives is, a, is, is his orchestration of circumstances to bring us to the point, or maybe it's not even his orchestration, maybe it's just the reality of the sinful nature, choices that people have made, but it's his, he's allowed those things to happen to get to the point where we can, he can shine through us because we step out of the realm of man, which is possible, and we step into the realm of God, which is impossible, fulfilled, complete, done. It's so wonderful. It's beautiful. I love that story in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, where Jesus, the, sorry, the angel shows up to Mary. Mary's a little, you know, a young girl, no, probably just a teenager. And she shows up and, and, and the angel says, hey, uh, you know, you're going to have a, a son and, his son, and he's going to be the saviour of the world. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and, and, and you're going to have a, a son who, who's going to be God and he's going to sit on the throne of David. And, uh, and, and she's like, uh, well, how's this going to be? And she says this, for nothing will be impossible with God, is what the angel says. Nothing will be impossible with God. I, I love that tense. I love the fact that the angel, when he shows up, he puts that into the future tense. Nothing will be impossible. He doesn't just say nothing is impossible. He also says, which is elsewhere, but he says, nothing will be possible, impossible with God. Nothing will be. And what's he, uh, for me, this speaks right into the heart of the gospel because the, the Jesus, Mary has, is pregnant then, overshadowed with the Holy Spirit, pregnant with Jesus, the one who's coming, the saviour of the world, the one who's going to reconcile all of heaven to earth, the one who's going to give his life for all of humanity, that every bit of blockage of sin and division will be dealt with and erased in Christ Jesus the moment we put our faith into Christ and we become a new man, a new creation, a new woman within him, within in Christ Jesus, we live, we enter into this realm where in the past we were stuck in humanity, but we come out of this realm where we were, we were, with, we were <laughs> where we were in Adam and we step into the reality. Now we're almost, we are a new creation. We're no longer in Adam. We're in a sense, there's no, we're not even, we're no longer human. We're, we're Christ-like, we're Christ right, in the earth. And that's the gospel. The truth of the gospel isn't just try harder. The truth of the gospel is Jesus has come in his perfect life. He's died a, per a death that we should have taken. He's taken the judgment upon himself. He's, he put that, uh, he took the wrath of God upon himself. He overcame sin and the devil. He was raised again to newness of life. And in raising him to life, the Father raised us to life. And we're now seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. So we live in the realm of the impossible. It's good news. It's beautiful news. It's not that we have to somehow try and make our effort squeeze something out, but actually the Bible says that the faith that we have is the very faith of Jesus. And faith is the connector between our impossible and God's possible. I, 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 let's just share a few little stories for a minute, okay? 
Some of these stories are we've, we've lived through, some of them are going to be stories of just um, other people that I've, I've, been, I've been reading. I, I want to start off with one of my favourite stories that I've been, I read recently. John and Judy Abernathy, I think, gave me this book, uh, uh, the Miracles by R.W. Schumbach. If you don't know R.W. Schumbach, he, he is a, who was a, a faith healer uh, in the mid to late 20th century, uh, amazing man of God. He tells this incredible, to me, mind-blowing, crazy story, okay? And this, the story goes like this. You know, often when they preached in those, at those times, there was just such a sense of the glory of God and we, we long for that again, right? That they, would, that they would put handkerchiefs and other things in their pockets and they would preach with that in the pocket and then they would take the handkerchief out and they would send it to someone or they would give it to somebody and that, that the anointing that was in the sweat on the handkerchief, very much like Paul in Ephesians 8, uh, in Acts chapter 19, I think it is, that, 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 that um, you could send away that, cloth and it would heal somebody, right? And so one day he's preaching and, um, and this person, this lady comes up to him and says, um, Brother Schumbach, I hope that's how you pronounce his name, but if it's not, forgive me. Um, I want you, here's, here's a packet of cookies, not cookies, candies. Can you preach with these candies in your pocket today? He's like, no, that's a bizarre request. No, I'm not gonna do that. And he, she says, yes, you are. And he says, no, I'm not. And she says, no, you are. And he says, well, well, why? She says, well, my brother, my sister is in a mental institution, in a, in a hospital. Um, she's been there for many, many years. And, um, and the thing is that the hospital staff know about the, 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 the handkerchiefs and the, and the other, other aprons and other items. And so, and so every time I send one in the mail, they take it, they capture it, you know, they get it before it gets to her and they throw it away. So I asked them last week, I said, what can I send her? And they said, oh, you can send her candy. So she, so she says, so here's what I want us to do. I want to get one over the devil. By you carrying those candies in your pocket, I'm gonna then send it to her, that she's gonna eat it and something's gonna happen. And so he's like, give me those candies. And he sticks them in his pocket and he preaches the gospel. And he's, you know, and he take, at the end of the service, he, he takes the candies out and he gives them to the woman. Six months later, he's in, a, in, a, in another meeting and these two women come up to him. She, one of the women's beaming. And she's like, hi, brother. She goes, oh, hi, sister. She clearly doesn't know who, who this is. And she says, you don't remember me, do you? And he says, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. She said, this is, I'm the lady with the candies and this is my sister. He said, well, tell me the story. She says, well, I sent the candies in and the very first bite that she had of the candy, she was instantly delivered and set free. And they kept her for two more weeks and then they called me up and said, hey, you need to come and pick up your sister. And I said, why, is she dead? And she goes, no, she's healed. I don't know what's happened. Something's happened, but she doesn't need to be here anymore. From candy. Let that just blow your mind for a minute. It's the impossible, but God does it. I got another friend, another story of another friend uh, who's a, 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 we like to call him the Indiana Jones of missions in, in, in the West Africa. You know, he seems like he's got all these crazy stories. But anyway, he was driving um, a couple of, uh, him and a friend were driving to, uh, in the Sahara Desert, like into the middle of nowhere to reach this tribe that was unreached. And uh, he drove there like eight hours from nowhere. And we're, we're not talking about roads. We're talking, you know, if the roads in this particular country, there's probably more hole than actual tar, right? I've driven on some of them and you kind of, it's very, very slow going. And those are the good roads. 
The, the other roads are like there's nothing. You know, you, you have to drive with a, 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 one of the nomadic tribesmen and they're, they're literally driving along saying, wait, uh, that tree, uh, no, not that tree, the next tree, okay, turn left. I mean, they all look the same. I mean, literally. Navigate, can you imagine navigating in North Carolina, just driving along in the, there's like trees everywhere. But they're like, no, 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 this, this is the one turn here because they've walked it so much. Anyway, they were like eight hours away from, from the middle of, in the middle of nowhere and their, and their car breaks down. Now, what would you do? That would feel like that would be an impossible situation. I'd probably freak out. What do they do? They start to worship God. God, you're the God of the impossible. And they start to worship. As soon as they worship, the engine turns on. As soon as they stop, the engine turns off. Every time they stopped worshiping, the engine turned off. So they worshiped for eight hours and got home. And then the car broke down. Let's bring it a little bit closer to home. You know, we've got our, our own miracle story of um, this, the purchase of our previous building, Leesville Road. Those of you that haven't heard that story, I'll just give you a very quick rundown of it. We were um, in 2000 and. 10, we were, uh, the Lord was blessed us to come into this building in, uh, it was in 9225 Leesville Road. And uh, even getting into, the, we, went, we came to rent it. And even that was a supernatural testimony because there was three church, uh, churches that were looking to rent this building. We were the first person to get there. And this, uh, and the businessman who was a Jewish business guy, he, he, he said to us as we were meeting, he said, I like you guys. I'm going to give it to you. And his realtor was saying, well, there's two other guys outside. Why don't you start a bidding war? And he's like, no, I like these guys. I'm going to give it to them. That in the first, was the first miracle. Second miracle was that they, among many, uh, and I could tell you testimony out of testimony of how God broke through financially for us in that season. Um, but that the, the amazing thing was we got the opportunity to buy it. And, um, and uh, we had, when we rented it, we had put down, we raised uh, through the generosity of the church family, uh, $50,000 as a sort of a deposit. When we, you know, when, we, when we were gonna no longer rent that building, it was like the first opportunity to buy it, right? We, we had the right to buy. Uh, and so long story short, they came to us uh, and said, look, actually we need to sell the building. We need to sell the building in 90 days. And, um, and that was, uh, I, I had the joy as the, uh, the accountant at the time of going around to nine, nine banks, uh, I think it was, all of whom laughed pretty much, didn't quite laugh me out the park, but out the door, but you know, sort of did because we had been around for such a short period of time, I think by that point, maybe three or four years, and we hadn't got enough money in the bank and enough history. And, um, and Duncan and I were about to fly off to uh, uh, an, an African nation uh, to do some, to, to feed the poor. They were in a bit of a drought. We had some money to go and, um, and uh, you know, buy food for our, for our friends that were there, which in and of itself was a miracle. And um, I think Jess came with us on that trip as well. Um, and uh, Jess is and, and married to Aaron, who was leading worship this morning. And um, we were... We, we got the news. They said, we need you to put down uh, another $15,000 um, and, and then you need to raise the money in 90 days. And if you don't, then um, you're going to lose all the 15 and the 50,000. So that was 65,000. I think Duncan, I don't, we, Duncan and I have a slight different recollection of it, but I think he says that we had $2,000 in the bank at that point. We had not a lot. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave us the, the, the 15,000 and we signed on the dotted line to buy the building. And, um, and then flew off to, to, to Nigeria, or Niger, I should say. And um, 
we, when, we were, when we got there, we were delayed because of the car trouble. And uh, that gave us a window of opportunity just to send some emails out to some friends and say, hey, please help, this is a need. And um, sh- long story short, the Holy Spirit gave us, we had an anonymous donation in the mail of $1,200,000, a check. And God broke in. The week later, we had another check in the mail from the same anonymous, uh, the same sort of donor advised fund of $100,000. And so we ended up with uh, $1.48 million when we needed our $1.4 million. And we signed when we had no money whatsoever. Now that's not to give glory to us, that's to give glory to Jesus. He's the God of the impossible. In our own family life, Ash suffered from asthma, debilitating asthma for most of her life until she was about 41. And we were believing God for healing. And, um, and we had prayed and prayed and, and you know, nothing had really happened. She was in hospital when she was a kid regularly. She had to be on a nebulizer regularly. She took a Ventolin maybe twice a day, even for the whole time that I had known her in our pre-married and then married life. And then one day, she, somebody prays for her, breaks off some generational curse on a word of knowledge, and she was completely healed from asthma. That's an impossible thing. I had the same thing happen on, on, on Friday night at the young adult meeting. A young lady, uh, one of uh, Anna had a, uh, a word of knowledge about someone with asthma, and a young lady came up, and she was completely healed of asthma and just crying, bawling her eyes out with just the freedom that she had. We've had other crazy stories where, you know, when we moved from England to Australia, we had, um, had to get, I had to get a visa and where we were told it would be nine months to get this visa. And, um, and uh, two weeks into this process, we'd had a prophetic word that God was gonna accelerate it. And I had faith for maybe five months or six months uh, of the nine months. Two weeks later, Ash has this dream where she's, she had in her dream, the consulate calls up and says to her, um, uh, ask a few questions about Murray Smith and then um, says, okay, the visa's been approved. That very same day, this is two weeks later, the, 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 the agency, we were using a, a lawyer, uh, the agency calls and says, you're never going to believe it, but the, the, the consulate called and asked some questions about Murray. I didn't even know who it was because you were so far down the list, I was expecting it another nine months. I had to call them back. I called them back and they asked a couple of questions and, you, and, his, and your visa had been approved. Nine months down to two weeks. Same thing coming here. Why am I telling you these things? I'm telling you these things because actually I want to maximize the reality. I want to, so, to extol the virtue of the Father of Jesus being the God of the impossible. Because every story that we hear, every story that we've experienced in our own lives, every, every time, and I think this is why in the Old Testament particularly, the, 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 the Israelites were, the, the Psalms remembering, the Psalms remembering what God's done of His goodness and of, those, of His mighty works. And it says in one of the Psalms, I think it's Psalm 105, tell of His mighty works to one, from one generation to another. Why is that? Because when you hear the words of the Lord, when you hear the testimony of God, what happens is faith rises. And we step out of this realm of being in the possible and we step into this realm of living in the impossible of God. Remember that there, that which is outside of our faith is, imposs- is our impossible, but it's God's possible. We could tell of many stories. I could tell even this last, a couple of weeks ago, of one of our pastors in Canada who was uh, completely healed from uh, a cancerous tumour. 
Good news. Let me finish with this. How do we connect with the reality of the, the, our impossible and God's possible? And I said before, at the beginning that faith is the connector of that. Hebrews 11 has all these people doing great exploits for God. But even if your need of a miracle doesn't feel like it's a massive exploit, maybe even if your need for a miracle is just, I need to get through today, I need to not you know, throw my kids out the window because I'm so stressed to the max. Even if it feels like you could look at it and you could judge it and say, well, I, 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 everything's good for me. I, I, I shouldn't be complaining. Even if you're in that situation, whether you're in the, uh, I don't think I should complain, although it feels hard, to the, oh man, I've got such an impossible scenario that I need God. It doesn't really matter where you are on that spectrum. The reality is you need God. And the reality is it's faith that connects you with that. So let me finish with Mark 11. Mark 11, chapter 20, uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus has just cursed a fig tree. It's withered. Peter's going, wow, look at that. The fig tree you've cursed is withered. And Jesus answered him and says this, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. This is the thing I want to just hone in on. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. How do we connect that, the reality with faith? Well, first of all, Jesus says, have faith in God. In other words, get your eyes off your situation. Get your eyes off the reality of, of the difficulties and the challenges and remind yourself that the mission of Jesus was to bring you out from under the weight of busyness and oppression and, and under Satan's yoke and come out into the realm of the, the reality of heaven where God says, anything is possible. The realm of heaven is the realm of possibility. And so have faith in God. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't even look at your own strength. Have faith in God. And then he says this. Declare, use the power of your tongue. Be take, whoever I say to you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, don't doubt in your heart. Believe what he says will come to pass. It will be done for you. So what does it look like? Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe. Don't just ask internally. Confess it out with your mouth. Speak, what is the miracle? What is the, what is the impossible that you need God to do for you today? What is it that you're looking for from God? Bible says, Jesus is saying here, whatever you ask, whatever, not just the special things, not just the big things, not just the, the things that really need God for, but everything, whatever is included in everything. Whatever you ask for in prayer, here's what I want Jesus is saying. Ask, so speak with your mouth. Believe it. Take hold of it by faith. Remember, it's Jesus' faith. It's the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you that enables you to exercise faith. Then Jesus says, receive it as if you have received it, even if you haven't received it, even if there's no evidence of it, and then make sure that you forgive. Believe God for the impossible. Stand in faith daily. That's why it's so important that we read the Word of God because the Word of God, faith, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. When we read the Word of God, put ourselves into Scripture. 
Put yourself into Jesus saying, you know, with that moment in Matthew chapter four where Jesus says, where it says of Jesus that he's going around healing the sick. Put yourself in that. Put yourself to say, Murray was going around healing the sick and we're stepping in by faith. Ask for it by faith. When you've asked for it, believe it, lay hold of it, take hold of it. Remind God of His Word. You said God. Ask Him to do the impossible for you. Name it and believe it. Receive it. Now, this is not just to name it and claim it. It's not just deciding, okay, this is what I want. I mean, we could run into those excesses, but the reality is Jesus is saying here, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. I don't think He's talking about asking for a BMW or you know, a Rolls Royce because it lines up with the, you know, the, the will and the purpose of God. But here's the thing. Your impossible is God's ground for possible. And we're in this season where we really need God to move. I mean, I, I say this season, it probably hasn't been a season in our whole lives that we haven't needed God to move, let's face it. <laughs> you know, every season, every moment we need God and every day we need God. Take a moment in your daily prayer. Take a moment as you're with the Lord to actually decide to name what is it that, you're, that you think is impossible. What is it that you're believing God for? Stand on God's Word. Receive that power in the Holy Spirit to do the impossible. Believe it and see God break through. Because here's the thing. God wants story after story after story after story of His goodness and His grace. And if I was to sit down or we would have some time together, we would sit down and have coffee together or we could um, you know, have a meal or whatever. And, uh, we would, you, your life would be a testimony of the stories of the goodness of God, right? You could point to the things that God has done. Take a moment to remember those. Take a moment to remember what he did yesterday. Take a moment what he remembered to do three weeks ago. Take a moment to, to remember what he did 20 years ago if you've been around for that long. Remember, because it stirs your faith. And as, you, as it stirs your faith, allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart and to step out and do it. Believe God for the impossible. How many of you are believing, how many of you have impossible in your lives at this point? You're waiting on God. Well, I want to invite you to stand, if you would. If you're watching online, you can carry on sitting or standing or whatever you're doing. But be, I think it's good to be active in our faith. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment and name out loud what impossible is for you. What does impossible look like to you? Just speak it out, out loud right now. What is impossible? So God says this, he says that with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So let's take him at his word for a moment. Let's make a declaration. God, you are the God of the impossible. And I present to you my impossibility. And let's name it whatever it is. And I believe you that you will in your good timing 
in Your good purpose, in Your good will, fulfil Your promise and Your Word to me and supply my every need. And make that which is impossible possible in my life. There's this amazing moment in uh, Matthew chapter 1 where it says, when Mary was found to be with child, but before they were married, there's this tension of living between the, after God says something, after something happens, or after the Word of the Lord comes, and then the, the, but before we receive it. After Mary was found with child before they were married was a tension for them. After God's spoken to you before the reality comes, there was a tension. But when in that moment, make a resolution in your heart to hold on to God, to hold on in faith to Him, to declare Him, to declare His Word, to stand firm on His Word, to stand in agreement with Him. And He will supply you on every need. And it may be, as we've experienced in our own lives, where we don't actually see the breakthrough that we're looking for, but what happens is that God pours out grace upon us and that we get to experience the grace even while we're waiting for the impossible still to come into the possible. And so right now, we'll just take a moment. Those of you that have been, have been um, struggling with these things, feeling the weight of it, feeling maybe some disappointment and some pressure. I want just to take a moment. I want you to close your eyes. If that's you, if you felt like you've been waiting for God to move and He hasn't spoken, or you've been in this in-between of the after God's spoken, but before you've seen it happen, I want you to close your eyes and take a moment to picture yourself taking off that disappointment, taking off that um, sense of, uh, of frustration or anger or just doubt and just taking it taking it off yourself in your mind's eye and handing it over to Jesus. Just pass it over to Him. Just picture that. What's He going to do with it? I believe all around the room He's taking those disappointments. He's taking those burdens. He's taking that doubt, that that, that lack, that fear of failure. He's taking it off you. But He doesn't just take something off you. He gives you something in return. So now ask Jesus, Jesus, what have you got for me in return? And just take a moment and picture what is He going to give you? What has He got for you? And all around the room, I see grace the sufficiency of Jesus dropping on us. Just receive that grace right now. Just declare it out loud in your, in your you know, I receive your grace, Jesus. Your power is in my weakness. And we're going to just draw the meeting to a close, but I feel like there's some um, some people here that you're needing an impossible miracle in your body. We're just going to take a moment. We're going to, uh, um, Ash, if you want to come back up. But, um, we, wanted to, we, we, we don't want to leave. If you're online or you're here, we don't want to leave without the opportunity 
to pray for you, to pray with you. And so if you're in the building and you wanna just come forward, we would love, we've got ministry team, we would love to pray for you, pray or minister healing into your, into your body. So come forward if that's, if that's you. And we're just gonna hold the live stream for a little longer if that's okay. And I want you, if you're, if ministry team, if, you, if we've got some ministry team for people coming up that need a breakthrough in their bodies, um, maybe we could have the Embrace team, those of you that have just shared that amazing testimony, you can come as well. Um, and, and let's just believe God for breakthrough. But if you're watching online, I want you just to put your hand upon the TV screen right now. And we're gonna release a miracle, the supernatural working of God, the God who is the God of the impossible. We release that miracle into your body, into your heart, into your situation, into your relationships right now. Kingdom of God come, we release the anointing. You see, there's no distance in the kingdom. Jesus proved that because He said to the centurion, your son, your, your servant is, is well, the centurion's servants, He said, his servant is well and it happened. And so we release that anointing right now, the glory of heaven into you. Receive it right now in Jesus' name.